You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, good morning, CLM Church. It's great to be with you today. Uh, my name is Danny Murphy. I am the lead pastor at Life Church in Bedworth, and your pastors, Martin and Esther, have kindly invited me to share the Word of God with you this morning. And uh, I'm so honoured to be asked. I love your pastors. I love your church. Your church is not just a significant church in our region. I believe it's a church of significance within our nation as well. And uh, it really is a huge honour to be able to take part in your online service this morning. Hey, I've got quite a lot to say and relatively short amount of time in which to say it. So go with me right now in your Bibles, if you've got it, to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to read the first 10 verses uh, from that passage of Scripture. And I want to speak this morning from the thought, a problem called pain. A problem called pain. 2 Corinthians 12, reading the first 10 verses, says this. It says, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Father God, speak to us quickly but potently by the power of your word through your spirit this morning, we pray in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Paul the Apostle, who wrote these verses that we've just read together, was something of what we would now call a spiritual superstar. He has been radically converted to Christianity by the resurrected Jesus himself. He is now the leading figure in the early church. He's planting churches. He's raising leaders. He's seeing signs and wonders follow after his ministry. He is a bona fide spiritual superstar. And if that wasn't all enough, the first six verses of what we've read reveal that Paul was a man who got a glimpse of heaven before he had tasted 
death. He speaks of himself in the third person and reveals that he was caught up, whether in the body or out of the body, he's not sure, and he gets a glimpse of heaven itself. He hears inexpressible things. He sees surpassingly great revelations, and Paul gets a glimpse of heaven before even tasting death. I mean, Paul is the man. If ever there was someone who had it going on, it was Paul the Apostle. And yet in verse 7, we see that Paul's testimony takes a tragic turn. Paul in verse 7 says that he was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. And that thorn was something that was causing him immense pain. We don't know what that thorn represented. Some people have speculated that it was a physical ailment. Some people have suggested that it was a form of temptation or a form of persecution. We don't know what that thorn was and Paul doesn't tell us what it was. But what we do know is that Paul was suffering pain as a result of this thorn. I mean, Paul was a man of God. Paul was a man of faith. Paul was somebody who was not lacking in any spiritual fervor, and yet Paul seemingly was still susceptible to pain. And I would suggest right now that this morning, no matter how spiritually strong you are, no matter how spiritually mature you are, no matter how together people would think you have it, I would suggest that each and every one of us, over this past few months especially, have experienced this thing called pain. Because I don't know about you, but it has been painful for me to watch as people have lost their lives through this pandemic, as people in our church have had to suffer the loss of loved ones and had to bury them in restricted circumstances, as people have had to be separated from loved ones for this prolonged amount of time. It has been a painful time for us as individuals and for us as churches, I'm sure. It's certainly been a painful few weeks in the aftermath of what took place in America with George Floyd, it's been painful to be made aware once again of the reality that racism is still something we have got to get a grip of in 21st century society. It's been a painful time. None of us are immune from experiencing pain. But this morning, I want to look at Paul's response to his personal pain, and I want us to learn some lessons that might help us to manage the pain we feel slightly better. Because the truth is this, feeling pain is inevitable, but how you go through seasons of pain is optional. We have a choice as to how we respond to the times and the situations of pain that sometimes afflict our lives. And I want to just draw reference to four quick things that I believe Paul did that we perhaps should do in response to the pain that we perhaps feel this morning. The first thing that Paul did that I want us to do in response to our pain is that Paul knew that he could pray about the pain. Verse 8 says this, that three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Paul went to God in prayer 
in response to the pain that he felt. And I don't know about you, but I am so glad that we have the privilege as believers in and followers of Jesus Christ, we have the privilege of going to God directly in prayer. The Bible says that we are able to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. The Bible says that his ear is attentive to the cries of his people. God hears our cries and he knows our pain and we are invited to bring that pain into his presence through the vehicle of prayer. I'm so thankful for the privilege of prayer and I am a firm believer in the power of prayer but this is one of the problems I sometimes have with prayer. It's that prayer doesn't always seem like it's working. Let me say that again. Prayer doesn't always seem like it's working. Case in point, I am a massive Manchester United fan and for the last seven years at least, I have been praying daily that my team would improve. I pray with my Bible in hand. I pray with getting splinters in my knees. I pray by day, I pray by night. And to be honest, in these last seven years, it doesn't seem like my prayers have accomplished all that much. In fact, we've not got better, we've got worse. And I realise that that's a frivolous example. And of course, I don't believe that God actually would want to intervene on behalf of my football team. But listen, there have been times in my life and my experience where I have gone to God in prayer, believing for a shift and believing for a breakthrough, only to feel like nothing was actually happening. And I wonder whether sometimes we misunderstand the purpose or the primary purpose of prayer. I do believe that God is a God of breakthrough. I do believe that God can bring supernatural shift into our lives and situations. But at times like Paul, unfortunately, it won't always seem like God is giving us the answer we want. And I wonder whether it's because we sometimes misunderstand the primary purpose of prayer. Because I believe that prayer is not so much about us getting God to will what we want, but prayer is more about us starting to want what he wills. That actually the biggest shift that God often wants to bring to our lives through the vehicle of prayer is not a shift in the situations around us, but it's a shift in the posture of the heart within us. You see, I believe that often in times of pain, God is wanting to do more in us than necessarily he's wanting to do through us. God is always a God, I believe, who answers our prayers. But sometimes the answers are a little bit like I was taught in Sunday school. They're a little bit like traffic lights. Sometimes you get a green from God and that green is a yes, it's a go. It's a release of the answer you need in that immediate moment. Sometimes that prayer and the answer is like a yellow. It's an amber. It's a not yet. And sometimes God gives us a red light and that red light is indicative of a no. Paul pleaded three times and essentially he was told no. And I wonder this morning whether some of us are just going to have to wrestle with the reality 
that sometimes God will say no. And just like those traffic lights are designed to help us avert disaster, the answers of God in his wisdom and in his sovereignty are designed to help us avert disaster that might be awaiting further down the line. There have been countless times in my life where I've sensed God say no, and in hindsight, I have been so grateful he did because it was protecting me from disaster further down the line. Because the truth is, and we'll come to this secondly, there is always purpose that God wants to achieve through our moments of pain. There is always purpose that God wants us to achieve through the pain. I believe this, that God is a God who can turn the things that were meant for evil into things that are good. I believe that God is a God who promises by his word to make all things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. There is always a purpose within the pain that sometimes we experience. And verse seven reveals to us the purpose that Paul found in his pain. It says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. That word conceited means to exalt or to lift up, or essentially it means pride. And Paul concluded that he was having to endure pain because it was designed to prevent him arriving at a destination called pride. And I wonder whether in this season of difficulty, God is maybe dealing with some of the pride that can sometimes live within our hearts and in our lives. Because I don't believe that God calls us to a life of self-sufficiency. I believe that God calls us to live a life of divine dependency, where we acknowledge our need of him. And maybe, just maybe, if you've been experiencing pain in recent weeks and months, maybe God is allowing that pain to continue. He's not causing it, but maybe he's allowing that pain to continue. So that just like a physical pain would cause you to cry out for help, maybe that spiritual or maybe that emotional pain is bringing you to that point of needing to cry out for help this morning. Maybe it's crying out to the Lord in prayer for his help as we've touched on already or maybe it's crying out to someone to help you with your marriage, to help you with that addiction, to help you with that situation that you cannot adequately manage on your own. Maybe, just maybe, that pain is being perpetuated so that you'll be brought to a place of humility where you recognise that you need help from a source outside of yourself. Listen, the Bible says this in Zechariah 4, 6. It says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, declares the Lord. You need more than your own strength. You need the power of God to be at work in your life, helping you to navigate some of the challenges that every single one of us will face. You need to cry out to God and maybe you need to cry out to some other people this morning as well because maybe, just maybe, it's time to humble yourself and reach out for help in order to alleviate some of the pain that you feel today. Third, point that I want to draw reference to and third thing that Paul did that I believe that we should do as well is that you've got to learn to keep your perspective above the pain. Keep your perspective above the pain. Verse 7 says this, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, 
a thorn in the flesh was given to me. That's New King James Version. He contrasts, Paul contrasts an abundance of revelations with a thorn in the flesh. He's got an abundance of revelations. He's got a, an abundance of blessing. He's got an abundance of benefit. And he's got a thorn, one single solitary thorn that is causing him some pain and some discomfort. Listen, in seasons of pain, I want to encourage you to not forget the Lord and certainly don't forget all his benefits. Because even through difficult times and tragic circumstances, there is always an abundance of God's favour, an abundance of God's grace that we have got reason to return to him and give him thanks for. The Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, be thankful in all circumstances. It doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances and certainly this last few months I've not been thankful for coronavirus. I've not been thankful for lockdown. I've not been thankful for the challenges of recent weeks. But listen, it's important as believers that we remain thankful in those circumstances because you might have a thorn in your side but you've probably got a roof over your head to be thankful for. You've probably got clean water to drink to be thankful for. You've probably got food in your bellies to be thankful for. There are always reasons to be thankful, even through seasons and situations and circumstances of pain. Listen, don't forget to be thankful in this season. Change your rhetoric. Keep your perspective above the pain. Don't use words like, I'm sick of being at home. Be thankful you've got a home to be stuck in. Don't use words like, I can't wait for the kids to go back to school. Be grateful that you've got kids at home to homeschool and be grateful that they've got a school to go back to as well. But listen, let's be people who keep our perspective above the pain and don't become immersed in and consumed by the pain that we're going through, no matter how real it is. Keep praying while you go through pain. Keep understanding that there's purpose within the pain. Keep your perspective above the pain. And fourthly and finally, I want to encourage you to understand and realise that there is power available through the pain. After Paul pleads for this pain to be removed, at the point he can't take it any longer, in verse 9, God speaks to him and says this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Though God doesn't promise to remove the pain, God promises that he'll provide Paul with power to sustain him through the pain. And I need you to know this, that just like God's grace was sufficient for Paul then, God's grace is sufficient for you today. Now listen, when you hear that word sufficient, if you're anything like me, that word doesn't seem enough. I mean, I don't want to live a sufficient Christianity. I want a life of overflow. I want a life of abundance. And sufficient doesn't sound like it cuts it. Sufficient sounds like something you'd get at a posh restaurant where you go for a nice meal that you pay a high price for and the portions are sufficient. They're never overflowing. They're so sufficient that at the end of it, often you've probably got room for a cheeky kebab on the way home because sufficient doesn't always 
cut it. But that's not what that word means in the original language. That word sufficient literally means to defend and ward off. So what God is saying to Paul and what God is saying to us this morning is that as you go through pain, his grace will defend you and his grace will ward off the enemy that is seeking to attack you in this season. One of the most traumatic experiences I've ever had as a parent is whenever I have taken my children for their vaccinations, their immunizations. I remember every time I took each of my three children because my wife didn't want to do it, I had to take my son into the doctor's surgery and I had to sit him on my knee and he sat there oblivious and unaware of the fact that a nurse was about to stab a needle in his arm. And I remember sitting with him on my knee and as the needle went in he would cry and he would look up at me and wonder why on earth I was allowing this pain to be inflected into his body but what he didn't understand was that that short-term pain was gonna be necessary to protect him in his long-term future and I believe this this morning I'm speaking to some people right now I believe that you need to hear that the pain you are enduring today is actually the strength that you need for tomorrow. The pain you are enduring today is actually the strength you will need for tomorrow. God's purpose in allowing you perhaps to go through this season of pain is so that you come through more strong, more effective and more robust for the future that he goes before you into. And you just maybe, just maybe, are being exposed to a season of pain in order to set you up for a more prosperous a more blessed and a more healthy future and we've got to understand church that his grace is enough his grace is sufficient that his power is made perfect in our moments and our times of weakness his grace is sufficient for you just like his grace was sufficient for Paul all those years ago Church, thank you so much for welcoming me into your home this morning. CLM, I love you, love your leaders and I'm praying for you. And I just want to pray right now as we go into a final song that reiterates the fact that Christ is ultimately enough for us. Christ and what he did is ultimately sufficient for our lives. I want to pray that God will bless you and God will keep you and God will keep his hand upon you as we maybe just go through a few more weeks of uncertainty and a few more weeks that we're on we're not sure how it will unfold. Father God, I thank you for my friends at CLM Church. I thank you for every brother and sister in Jesus Christ that is represented this morning. Lord, I pray that whatever they are having to navigate personally, whether it's a relational pain, whether it's a marital pain, whether it's an emotional pain or a spiritual pain or a physical pain, maybe, maybe there's healing that people are searching for right now. I pray that, Lord, whatever it is your people are searching you for, Lord, I pray that they would learn to trust that your grace is sufficient, your hand is upon them, and your heart is for them. In Jesus' precious and powerful name I pray. Amen.